Playthrough Patreon, a podcast with two brothers who are related in no way change places and live in each other's shoes for a bit. I'm one of your hosts, Dan. I'm a man who tucks in his shirt to his jeans and has no physical ability whatsoever. With me is my co-host, Freddy. He's a real rough-and-tumble street youth known for his intimidation tactics and his 50-pound punch. How are you, sir? Doing okay. I Maybe I should have highlighted that intro. I wasn't expecting that. You know. I like to, I like to, you know, you know, get a little laugh at the beginning, yeah, specifically yeah. from you. Get the chuckles in, get the chuckle factory going, put us in the right mood. Yeah, I mean, and that's what we do here is, you know, put people in the right mood for whatever it is today. Is it getting busy? Maybe. Is it staring at a wall for six hours just thinking about like what am i gonna do today that's probably the truth are we getting you ready to cry in the shower god i hope not a lot of opportunities for for those two yeah there's a lot of time to cry in the shower yeah, there is. Well, releasing on June 5th, 1992, de- debuting at number seven U.S. box office, this film had a budget of $7.5 million, and it made a return of $13.2 million, is still considered a box office flop. Yeah, I would think so, like, considering what came before it. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well... Well, the movie we're talking about today, Class Act, is a 1992 American comedy directed by Randall Miller, starring the hip-hop duo Kid and Play. It's an urban retelling of Mark Twain's The Prince and the Pauper. The film was written by Cynthia Friedlob and John Semper from a story by Michael Swerdlick, Richard Byrne, and Wayne Allen Rice. Filmed at Van Nuys High School in the San Fernando, in the beautiful San Fernando Valley section of Los Angeles. It's the third of five films starring Kid and Play, which came after House Party and House Party 2, and preceded House Party 3 and House Party 5, Tonight's the Night. Wait a minute, they're not in House Party 4? They are not in House Party 4. Wait, what? I've never heard of that. They're not in House Party 4, but they're in House Party 5? Like that, the fifth one is when, like, you would think they wouldn't be in it, but they're what the? It's always like the last film you're not in. But yeah, tonight's night. It's on HBO Max. Oh, look at that! But House Party Four was uh, starring Marquez Houston, Jerome Jones, and Kelton LDB Keese. Okay, Megan Good was in that too. I've seen that. That's interesting. I've never... Well, I shouldn't say that. Like, I guess that's, you know... I would think that the, the well ran out, you know, at... F- four seems like a good number where the well runs out. And then they're not in the fifth one. But the well run out in the third one, and then they weren't in the fourth one. 
Well, oh, you know the, why? Because cl- we're talking about it. Class act kind of serves as that. It, it's it. Class cl- uh, House Party Three is like House Party Four in the con in not in the continuity sense, but in the chronological sense. You know. Well, going to the House Party Four wiki, it seems like they. So this group was, uh, I can't say it. It's I'm X. It mix. I don't remember this group. I'm X. Uh, um, they were in House Party Three, and they were not the same characters that they are in House Party Four. I guess they were trying to do like, let's oh, see it, how another crew does. And then when House Party Four super flopped, yeah, because it didn't go to theaters. It was straight up just a new line home video. Yeah. And then they're like, all right, super flop, let's bring back Kid and Play. See if they can do it one more time. Okay, this is, this is, so IMX is immature. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so, immature. Marquise, Batman, Houston, Jerome, Romeo, Jones, and Don, Half-Pint, Santos. <laughs> In 1990, the group would change their name to IMX, feeling immature no longer reflected the band. So they had, like, a real, like, maturing. Hmm. So it's a, they're, they immature, matured, and the group changed their name in 1999 to IMX. Um, apparently, according to the wiki... House Party 5 pretends that House Party 4 didn't even happen. Makes sense. I mean, like, why would... If they're not the same characters, then, like, why would they know about it, you know? It's yeah. Like, it's, like, starring... Oh. See, that's the problem. You got immature when they switched to IMX. These are no longer, like, immature boys that would be ripe for a House Party. These well, they now. also play, they play completely different characters than they played in House Party 3. You broke my brain. Yeah, yeah, like, there, there's no, like, Kid and Play's characters are not in House Party 4. Right? That's What'd you say? Saying? I'm sorry. <laughs> Kid and Play's characters are not in House Party 4. No, and they're only at the end of House Party 5. They make a cameo at the end of that? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm saying, like, it would be perfectly fine for it to act like House Party 4 never happened. Because, like, if they're different characters in a different part of the world, well, I mean, another neighborhood in in California, (laughs) why would they... Why would they acknowledge House Party 4? No one knows about that party. It's... it, It had Immature there, but they moved on to IMX, which is, like... Not as cool. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. What, I don't know. What, even know what to say. Like <laughs> I was. Ne- I was never a kid and play fan as a kid. Were you? Yeah, absolutely. That's the. It, it's interesting. I don't know how this happened, but this movie. I mean, so Class Act and Class Act Two were also there, but this movie. I don't know why, like I said, but this, like, this was recorded on a, we, we, we like, recorded it off fucking pay-per-view, 
And this was on repeat fairly often in my household. Hmm. I don't know if that was my dad's doing or what. Or and I know my mom like she likes kid and play, and she's like she um she's always trying to get me to 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 watch their like documentary and stuff like that about about their story and all that. And I don't know who's doing it was whose influence was but class act was like that was on that was like one of those ones i was just kind of like in my little baby brains zeitgeist i loved class act i grew up with this movie yeah uh it was my first time watching it last week when i (laughs) when i watched it (laughs) yeah it's a good time it's a lot it's a lot of fun I mean, House Party is good, and House Party Two is is pretty good. How I I know House Party is like pretty fucking legendary at this point. I watched House Party in daycare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they had that on day in daycare. Well, like. I've said it before on here, like when I got put in, for the most part, I was a leave the kid home alone kid. Yeah. But the daycare that I went to as a child was called Creative Kids, right? (laughs) And uh, I was only ever in the older kid room. I never went to any of the like little kid rooms. Mm -hmm. So like every, every week we got a movie day and just... One time it was class act. Or you mean house party. Oh, yeah, house party. It was just house party. Yeah. And I think I fell asleep, but I was also just like 12 and in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I mean, that's just really interesting that they let that play because there's it's pretty raunchy. The teachers never really came in. Like the like, the bullies. Their like tagline is like the like. You smell that? I smell pussy. You know be, when they're when they're like bullying. Hmm. So that's pretty. <laughs> so they just maybe it got just, turned off pretty quickly. I don't know. Like just, I said, I fell asleep. They just let that rock. They just let that rock. Whatever. I I respect that. I was I grew up the same way. Listen, it was the nineties, and like nobody really. Like, what were swear words in the 90s? It was like, shit, fuck. I mean, Raphael said damn. He did. Every show had the word hell in it. I guess it was like one of those things, You, like you just said, it was the 90s, so a lot of adults just were like, they're going to hear these words. They don't know what they mean. Who cares? Yeah, that's true. I mean, like, my dad calls, my dad still calls people pussy. Mostly me. But you know <laughs> that the house party word. No. Yeah, yeah. So like, I, I actually, yeah, that makes sense. I could see this being played without like any care because it's ultimately, or I could see house party being played, um, because ultimately it's like a silly movie about silly kids, right? And um, them trying to avoid getting in trouble. I get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, that's very plausible. My daycare was no daycare; it was just a TV. It was just me and the TV, and that was it. I've yeah, been... and let let me be clear: like I wasn't in daycare for that long. It was like maybe one summer. Yeah, and then my parents were like, "This costs too much to everyone, leave them at home." 
everyone knows the story about me and the leprechaun. And that was, like, the only time I was in, like, real daycare. Hmm. I don't think I know the story of you and the leprechaun. You don't know the story about me and the leprechaun? I don't think I know the story about you and the leprechaun. I feel like I told everyone about me and the leprechaun. Well. Freddie, we've been friends for about ten years. I'm yeah. sure I've forgotten a lot. <laughs> uh, well. And you've I, never I, told the podcast. Huh. I guess I've never told the podcast. That's true. So, we are about like, I want to say two or three years into moving into Vegas. And there was this time where my dad had a job at the cable company. I don't know if it was Cox or, I know, actually, I think it was for, no, it might have been Cox. Because he had like a job. What year was it? This was, let's see. We moved here when I was about five or six. So that would have... So about 93, 94? 93, 94. And this was... We were already in our new house, I want to say, because we were on... The daycare was on that side of the town. So this was probably like 95. And my dad... So anyway, the whole thing is... Both I think it was parents, called Prime Cable. That sounds right. That sounds right. The thing is, my parents both had jobs. So, and I wasn't enrolled in school yet, in the new area. So, they're trying to figure out what to do with me. So, like, for the first time ever, I went to, like, a daycare. And I went to this <laughs> daycare on, uh, where was this on? It was down the street from Silver Cactus Comics location. So, that'd be, you know, Tropicana, where the, uh, where the, uh, the, the Kmart is. Probably, like, the only standing Kmart still in town. <laughs> Tropicana where the Kmart is? Yeah. Is that Tropicana? Am I thinking right? I may not be thinking right. Anyway, I remember that- the I remember the location off of there was the one on Rainbow and Flamingo. And then there was the location on No, this is on the east side of town. So this was It was like on Nellis and something. Yeah, Nellis maybe it wasn't Tropicana. Why am I saying Tropicana? I don't know, that sounded right. But that little business park, whatever you want to call it, that little area, just a little bit down from it, there was a daycare behind a gas station. <laughs> and I was left at that daycare with uh, some, some chicken tenders from, from Jack in a Box. And I was okay. a very anxious little kid. I was not too uh, keen on moving, and I still wasn't about it. I didn't like my time at uh, Cunningham, which was the the like the kindergarten I was in before we moved to the new house and all that. I just was a socially awkward kid. I wasn't digging it. I had like big separation anxiety too. I didn't like being away from my mama. So I was at this daycare, and I guess at some point I started interacting with the kids, and there was this one kid. Who was like a considerable deal older. I have to say like 10 or 11. Something like that. Uh, because he's pretty well articulated. He was, just, he, was a, he was a black kid. And he told me. Like he, 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 he sh- was showing us like tricks. He had like a coin trick. And he had a card trick that he was doing. 
and then he told us he was a leprechaun. I didn't like this at all. Yeah, I was like, stop playing, you know, and then he was showing me the coin trick and it was like, he did it. Like, I think it was like he, he waved his, I can't remember exactly what it was, but he like flipped a coin and it showed it in his hand and whatever it was, right. He, he, he rolled his hand over it, like without touching it. And it became the other side of the coin. And then he did, did like a similar trick with, with like cards. Right. And he was like, telling me he's a leprechaun. And I was like, you're not a leprechaun, man. You're not a leprechaun. Yeah, you, 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 that's not real. That's not real. And I, and one of the, the, like, the, one of the caretakers, right, was, was coming in. And I was like, he says he's a leprechaun. You know, I was like, tell him, you know, tell him stop lying. And she looks at me like fucking dead staring me in my eyes. She's like, he is a leprechaun. And I started crying. Man, you found a 20-year-old that was like, yeah, fuck these kids. <laughs> I started crying, like, bawling. And he was like, he was like, it's okay, it's okay, I have no reason to hurt you. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to be, I don't know the leprechauns, I don't like it, I, I don't got a problem, I don't, I don't like it. You know, like, I was just like, fucking, just inconsolable. He's like, no, I just, so I have no reason to hurt you. We're friends. And I was, it was just like, okay, all right. And then the kind of like rest of that day was a blur. Uh, my parents picked, my mom eventually picked me up. And I don't think I even told her about Leprechaun. I just said I didn't want to go back. And so I never went back. But I met hmm. a Leprechaun that day. And it really fucked with me. I, I've never I heard did, this tale. I didn't go back to... Uh, did, I didn't go back to a daycare, like, the only daycares I've ever been to ever since then, or at, ever since then, like, I'm still going. <laughs> go to, right? I mean, it's, like, you, you were going to daycare up until last year. You get yeah. dropped off at the comic book store. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kids, be like, Kids Quest. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'd call, uh, and st- instead of having someone take me, I, I called them to take me in the, in the, in the version of a Lyft or Uber. <laughs> Take me to daycare. <laughs> but, take, take me to the comic book store where I will sit in the back room and <laughs> people will ask me questions like I work there and I'll answer them, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I it was strictly like Kids Quest after that. I didn't go to any fucking daycare. I didn't Oh, I didn't want to fuck with that shit ever again. The leprechaun, he was telling me stuff too to like make make like friends with me he's on no no like like I, he, he said to me he, he like he has no reason to hurt me like i said and he says like you know like uh i don't know if this was to show like a form of like trust or something like that but he he says like ways you could hurt a leprechaun i don't know, like you said like ways the only ways you could kill a leprechaun I can't recite these what what he said. I remember you saying like a specific plant did it, and he was pointing outside at like a plant that was that was like similar to it, but not it. He said like if if I touch something, if I touch this plant, you know that could destroy me. And he would tell me stuff like that. And I guess, like I said, I guess that was a way of him, you know, making me feel more at ease. They like that he's like, yes, I am a magical creature. But you know, we're uh, that doesn't make me 
you know, infallible. That doesn't make me, I'm, 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 I got vulnerabilities too. I got fears. I'm, I'm, I'm just like you, Freddie. I got fears. I'm scared of things. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing, but that leprechaun man scared the shit out of me. I didn't, I didn't want to go back. I didn't want to talk about the leprechaun. It wasn't until like where I was much older and I kind of like just remembered that memory and I was just like, that's a fun story. And so I just, I told Dustin about it, told Tony about it. I told him, like, I'm surprised I never told you about it. Yeah, I never wanted to go to daycare again because of the leprechaun. I had experience with a leprechaun at daycare, and that was it for me. No more daycare. I stayed at home, and I watched. I was left with cable, and I just watched things. But I didn't, because I didn't want to go to daycare ever again. That's wild. He did card tricks. Like, he did, like, real-ass tricks. There's some real ass tricks he was doing that I couldn't quite explain how a kid, you know, I say he's, he was probably like 10 or so. Cause he was like considerably older, but like, I couldn't, he was well-spoken and everything, man. It was fucked. I got to tell you, anybody that can do close up magic yeah. like that it might was. as well be a fucking leprechaun because God damn, do I hate close-up magic. It, it makes me feel like I'm the dumbest boy in school. I look at it and go, how do I not understand what you're doing? Yeah, he switched that coin right in front of me. Like, right in front of me. That was like, I, it couldn't have been more than a foot away from me. And I saw that coin change. That was a real-ass fucking leprechaun. I don't know what he was doing in, you know, Las Vegas, but... Oh, you know what? Because that well, he was when, in daycare le- too. Yeah, he, he was in daycare too. <laughs> Maybe his leprechaun family moved here because when did Leprechaun Three come out? I have because, no idea. Because that takes place in Vegas. They were 19- filming. They were filming. Yeah, okay, they were filming. That was it. Like they probably. <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> That makes sense. Why there's a big influx of of leprechauns, you know, like at that point, like yeah, leprechaun three's happening in Vegas, y'all. <laughs> That's it's wild to me that you're like, well, they were filming, so I guess there could have been a leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's nothing that's gonna convince me that that wasn't a leprechaun. That okay. was a good. That was a goddamn leprechaun, and that fucking caretaker was like, yeah, that's a leprechaun. Then. Fucking scary! It was terrifying. I had, like I said, I already had like all these social anxieties and shit. I didn't like being away from my mom. And this fucking kid, who's much older than me, starts doing fucking tricks and tells me he's a leprechaun and saying stuff that I wouldn't like expect any non-leprechaun to say. Yeah, you, know? you can just... kill a leprechaun with this. Yeah, yeah. He was telling me shit like that. <laughs> 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 what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> I mean, all right. <laughs> you know, we were kind of talking about our like kid and play. Their um, where they I were had... on our radar. For me, no, not at all. Yeah, but uh. 
let's start off with the apology of, yeah, sorry that an episode didn't come out last Friday, but we told you. It was Wrestle Kingdom week. Yeah. We had to watch Kota Ibushi get the double belts, and we had to watch them build the Jays quitting story. Mm-hmm. It was it's wonderful like, if you didn't go watch Wrestle Kingdom. Go fucking watch it. Yeah. Just delicious. Exquisite. Fucking it's, Jeff Cobb versus Shingo. My God. That was a dick beater of a match. It's crazy that on January 4th or January 5th, you could have match of the year. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, man. But, you know, you can, and you they did. Yeah. Check. Um, did you like Evil versus Sonata? I did. I did. I liked it quite a bit. That was, um, it was, it felt, it was a real, like, it felt like an early 90s conclusion to a, like, grudge match, to, like, a, to like a rivalry you know this is finally kind of be like we are putting down this bad guy and we're putting him down tonight you know like it yeah. finally felt like sonata it was a good closure to their story because you know they both had a win over each other so it's a rubber match and then wrestling that's always a big deal and all that like it had that spot after <laughs> shingo and jeff so it's like Everyone already came all over themselves because they just watched this this like big old meat beating fest happen for for twenty five minutes. <laughs> so it's like... yeah, uh, I was seeing a lot of discourse online that Sonata and Evil are both like whatever talents for people, and I was like, I th- I think you're wrong on that because I, th- I think I think that's a language barrier, and I think that's like a. I I think that's a little bit of honestly, I think that's a little bit of like racial biasness. Just, I just think that, like, Sonata is, like, an incredible technical wrestler. Mm-hmm. And, like, I never, f- like, evil to me was all gimmick. Right. And, like, I think his Bullet Club gimmick is a little weaker than his LIJ gimmick. Mm. But, you know, like, he's, like, the straight-up old-school carny gimmick wrestler. And, like, it, it's just fine. That's what, I, just, that's, what, that's what I felt with the, like, when I said, like, it felt like an early '90s kind of conclusion to a rivalry because evil is all gimmick. I think he works that gimmick fantastic ever since he switched to the Bullet Club because him being a fucking despicable heel that you always know that you always know none like the matches are gonna be um, run afoul with dirty tactics and shit like that. I think that's fine. I think I think that's. I think that's good shit, and I really enjoyed it in in their um, their grudge match at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, uh, I do wish that Japan did like more stipulation matches or something like that. Like, I wish that that one could have probably been a hardcore match or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that would have been cool for sure. But you know, it was just two boys slapping meat, mm-hmm. and the just, good boy won. Yeah. Yeah, because they, we're in 2021, so Babyfaces had to be fucking over. Yeah. <laughs> it was good to see. It was good. Like, I think the... Even... Uh, let's see. So probably the like the weakest match of the night, not counting the uh, the Rombo and the, uh, the KOPW match, because I feel like those shouldn't qualify for that conversation, because they're very <laughs> much like... 
they're legit pre-show matches. They're yeah, like yeah. you could skip those. You you can't you can't. I I would still recommend watching them because it's the the whole story with Toro Yano and his fucking children, which are the trophies, is really funny. But um, probably honestly, I I hate to say it, probably like it was the um, probably the junior tag match for the belt, just because there was a few botches. I mean, I love Despy to fucking death, and and I love um Kanemaru, and obviously Taguchi steady hand, but our boy, our precious boy Wado, it feels like. Wrestle Kingdom got to him a bit because he botched a few times, which is yeah, he did pretty substantial for for a New Japan match. But um, even that though, like it's still it's like if if I had a five star rating, you know, it'd be like a three star, you know, or two and a half star. You know, it's not by any means a shit show or a mud show. <laughs> it was fine for me. The match I was most bored with, which is really unfortunate was uh, Ishimori versus Hiromu. Mm. But it's just because, like, I knew that going into this Wrestle Kingdom that we were going to have, like, a feel-good babyface spree. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And because Ishimori hasn't really gotten a run with the title, and, like, it was... And Hiromu is so over, he doesn't need a title. He doesn't, but they're clearly, like, they're hooking the whole division to him because he's the most, because he's over as fucking shit with everyone. Like, I guess they just feel safe as just having him tote the whole division behind him. Well, I mean, this was a, if we're going to get into critiques, this Wrestle Kingdom was very safe. It was so safe. It was. The, the only thing that you could call unsafe about it and it was still even pretty fucking safe, was taking the titles off of Naito, who is over as fuck, to give it to Kota Ibushi, who is over as fuck. Yeah, you're right. Not quite as over as Naito, but but maybe that's just uh, the IWC and, like, our crew. Mm -hmm. That Naito's more over than Kota Ibushi. Maybe. I don't know. I mean... I don't see many thirst tweets for Naito, but all I see are thirst tweets for Kota. <laughs> well, that's an entirely different barometer. That, that's that's yeah. something that, like that, that's that's you know. But that's, that's what some people watch wrestling for is yeah because the they're hornies. thirsty. I mean yeah, you get the hornies. I, get I mean, my old boss has been a diehard Roman Reigns fan forever because she loves that man without his shirt on. Yeah, I get it. I yeah. absolutely get it. When I saw him as the tribal chief, I was like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Yeah, the first time he came out with the lay on and no shirt, I was like, yeah, yeah I get it. I see oh, it. Oh, yeah. That's what they were looking for. <laughs> uh, Do you want to talk about the movie a little bit? Yeah, let's talk about the movie a little bit. Or did you have something else? I don't think it has something else. Probably don't let don't give my my brain an opportunity. I would like to talk about this movie. <laughs> Genius high school student Duncan Penderhughes, played by Christopher Kidd Reed, is getting ready for graduation, but is somewhat disheartened to find out that despite his perfect SAT score and 4.0 GPA, prestigious Hafford University, which is supposed to be Harvard, 
will not admit him unless he can pass a phys ed class. Um, he is. Let's let's talk about let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, he is a black student mm-hmm. with perfect grades, mm-hmm. perfect SAT score. Yes, Harvard's not denying him because of some physical education bullshit. Well, you know what, Dan? He's kind of goofy looking. So, they're like, well, this is 1992. We're going to have to have some kind of stipulation here. You, you're we, gonna we, have can't, to- we can't just let a black into our school. What? <laughs> also, more more along that's, the lines. <laughs> that's what they're saying. This is 1992, you know. Uh, you have to have some kind of physical yeah. education, Otherwise, why would we let... Listen, you can only be a black in our school if you can play for our football team. Well, I'm going to be a scientist, a football scientist. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's kind of what's happening here, where there's absolutely no reason he shouldn't fucking... There's absolutely no reason he shouldn't get in, but it's a... You're highlighting, you're highlighting a bit of a social inequality. <laughs> yes. Ex-convict Michael Blade Brown, played by Christopher Play Martin, is released from jail and told by his parole officer that the conditions of his release are a satisfactory graduation from high school. Well, a mishap that's fucking wild is that just... Their pictures got swapped on their their yeah. permanent records because kid bumps into the principal secretary's giant breasts. She's while she's going through the pictures of the students, she's like, "Oh, he could get it. He could get it." Yeah, she ex- explicitly used the word jailbait and then like rubbed the the like one of the profiles on her on her uh. Previously mentioned giant tits. Well, this this mishap results in their pictures being swapped on their permanent school records, which makes Blade be placed in Duncan's gifted classes, while Duncan is shocked to be placed in remedial classes with basically in squalor. Yeah, yeah. With other hood. Yeah, Hood creatures up. like Dougie Doug. <laughs> Who is my favorite fucking character in this movie? He Listen, Dougie lands. Doug. Dougie Doug steals the show yeah. in any movie he's in. In the the day that we talk about cool runnings. I thought you were gonna talk about Shark Tail. Oh man. <laughs> cool runnings, man. Cool running's such a good movie. It is. It's an incredible movie though. Yeah. I love Cool Runnings. Everyone should love fucking Cool Runnings. You dead, Psycho? Yeah, yeah man. Right. I'm yeah. dead. <laughs> yeah, like it's fucking, it's an amazing movie. It's also, once we talk about that movie too, I'll talk about the Ninja Turtle analog that I always have to bring up. Oh, all right, all right. And we'll also talk about how Hans Zimmer did that score. Yeah. But, yeah, Dougie Dougie as Popsicle is so fucking funny in this movie 
everything he fucking says, everything lands in this fucking the the part where um so Duncan in his new role as Blade Brown, Blade Brown, because he has his own theme that's really cool. Speaking of themes, the fucking theme song to the movie is fantastic, and it opens up with its own theme song. I love that. I think we already talked about that before about. Anytime a movie has the movie title in a theme song, you know, like it has the movie title itself has a theme song. Oh, yeah. Great. Like, yeah. Uh, another example, just top of my head, Space Jam, Infallible. Perfect. Oh, yeah. Space Jam's a top tier song. Uh, yeah. Bustin' Makes Me Feel Good. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just great. And do this you, one. Do has... you think that Ghostbusters would be the cultural movie it is without Bustin'? I think it would still be acknowledged as a like as a comedy stalwart, but I don't think it would have made the uh I don't think it would have made the impact it it did, not on that level. I don't think that without that theme song, I don't think there would have been a Ghostbusters 2 or a cartoon or the massive toy lines that were out. I think it would be one of those movies where it's like that movie's extremely funny and it'll be talked about like on, you know, on, um, like, fucking AMC shows and stuff like that, you know, where it's just acknowledged, it's like, this little known comedy, you know, is exquisite, you know, it's, it's one of the most, uh, uh, it's a master class in, in timing and dry delivery, you know, and all that, it would be talked about in a, in a, like, a very kind of, uh, analyzed in, in a respectful way. Not to say that people disrespect Ghostbusters all the time now or whatever, but like it would be just one of those films where it's like this comedy that came out to you know middling success is actually one of the funniest fucking movies ever made, and it should be looked at. It'd be like a Gene Wilder film, you know, where it's yeah. just like it's quietly superb. And Don't that, worry, people will be talking a lot of shit about Ghostbusters when that Paul Rudd one comes out. <laughs> it's just quietly superb, you know, and that's that's how I would see it. Instead of the fucking cultural juggernaut that it is, and I do think it is, well, you, you nailed it. I think it's that fucking theme song, man. That theme song lets you know exactly how things are going down today. Like, they, you, the fucking, we see... You know, the librarian gets... Hazard. I mean, <laughs> this isn't a Ghostbusters podcast. All we need to know is that in both ways, Bustin makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. It does. In both yeah. ways. And this movie sets you off right with fucking classic. They're the theme song classic. It's really fucking good. I love, I love when a movie does this. A movie should always fucking do this. I think it's... Who did that theme song? Was it Kid and Play? No, no. Uh... B Angie. B B Angie B. Now that like Duncan is in the remedial class, like I say, he's out there in the portable. I know those fucking classes very well. He's out there <laughs> <laughs> He's out there in the portable. He meets fucking Popsicle, who who got that name because he's cool but he's sloppy. Love it. Like that line where later on, where he's supposed to fight Wedge, who's the big bully, and he's already made that deal with Blade, where he will do well. It's not a deal. Blade fucking threatens him with a sander. Yeah, he says like, "You fucking do this for me, or I kill you." Essentially, After yeah. There, made... there was a lot of like 
attempted murder in this movie there is there's quite a bit it's like after he made that deal and he's like he's like well i gotta deal with wedge you know who's gonna kick my ass well i'll kick wedge's ass so he kicks his ass and like stuffs him in a locker so no one knows what happens to wedge and he comes out later it's me duncan pincushion you know i just saw that fucking guy wedge he took off you know guess i guess my man blade here is real as they say and Fucking Dougie Doug Popsicle comes in and says, You heard the nerd? You heard the nerd? Like, I've said that all my fucking life because of this fucking movie. (laughs) It is so fucking good. He has so many lines like that. Dougie Doug's Popsicle is a supreme, like, I don't know what you call it. Because, like, it's a duo comedy film, but you have a another like one of them is ultimately like they they play off each other right so there's no like role for a sidekick but this is like a comedy duo that has a sidekick there and dougie doug and i guess that's like how the first class act or the first class act jesus i guess that's how like house party was too because uh martin lawrence was in that and he was kind of that role so I guess I guess that's just a trend with them, but having the comedy duo and then having Dougie Doug's popsicle really fucking good. I mean, like you got to kind of think about it is you have to think about it kind of in wrestling terms, right? Yeah. Neither one of them wants to be the like goofy one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, because you have the tough. Yeah, like the like the the roles. Uh, you have the tough hood, and then you have the you have the nerdy um academic achieving uh wonderkin so neither of them have the kind of the room for the slapstick i guess yeah room for the absurdity and they really wanted to go into the absurdity because they later have paulie shore come in and be the weasel (laughs) that's the part i was so most looking forward for you because it comes in just out of nowhere. Completely unheralded. Out of nowhere. You literally, like, the reactions of Kid and Play, of Duncan and Blade, are literally the most realistic reactions I've ever seen to Polly Shore just walking into your film. They probably didn't know he was going to be there that day. <laughs> it was probably like a, okay, we're going to do this, like, anti-drug scene. Yeah. Because we need to do that, and then it's, it's ninety-two. Uh, play, Either... you're gonna get upset about it because you're yeah. you're a hoodlum, so you're about drugs. Yeah, yeah, you, I'm anti-drugs. Even, even if he's yeah, not, buddy. <laughs> even if he's not into drugs, yeah, he's still like it would be a pretty pussy move to 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 like you know be be like outwardly a, against drugs. Yeah, to be in a dare rally that ain't that ain't hard, you know. And yeah, oh my god. You just hear you just hear the uh let me think of the word real quick before I go into that. Yeah, they're having this little conversation like at the bottom of the stairs, and you just hear that unmistakable call of the weasel. <laughs> yeah. And he just comes into frame and it's literally just Polly Shore. He has a name, like if you go on the IMDB, his character has a fucking name, but it is Polly Shore. It is just the Weasel. He calls himself the Weasel, you know? Like and, and you're like, what the fuck is happening? And they look exactly the same way. They carry the 
they they become the audience's analog right there because they're also like, what the fuck is happening? Polly Shore's in this movie. <laughs> like <laughs> it is uh, like it is sublime. And I wanted to really just what was your what was your feeling? Were you were you anywhere near like were you anywhere near your mind that is? Was it anywhere near like the expectations or the locale of the weasel? When the weasel showed up, my first thought was, Paulie Shore's in this fucking movie? <laughs> and then I was like, all right, all right. And then the like scene goes, and Duncan agrees. Yeah. And then he keeps talking. And I was like, this isn't over? <laughs> and then he keeps talking. Yeah. It's so fucking good, man. He's like, he's just... I was in the same spot as Duncan and Blade in that moment. And then when we get to the scene at the dance, at the dare rally, where there were the weasel let these kids know that strippers were going to be at the dare rally. (laughs) Yeah. So to get them in and then the strippers didn't show. I wonder. Yeah. And the weasels on stage talking again. And I was like, God, like, too much time. They this gave is... him too much screen time. <laughs> I mean, I think that's like always going to be a contrasting thing. Some people can't get enough of the weasel. Some people just immediately have way too much of the weasel. I am. I just... got enough of the weasel in the nineties. I think I love Polly Shore. I love. I love like. I love every. Um, Pauly Shore movie. His this cameo is the most aware. Yeah, it's like the most self-aware cameo I've seen in a movie in quite some time. Yeah, uh, a few things replicate it where it's just like, no, Pauly Shore's here now. You know, like this, this, like this isn't. This is Pauly Shore, famously known, like you made famous by the nineties. Here he is. He is in our movie now. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where like, I don't know if this makes sense, but to me, Polly Shore and Bobcat Goldwaith were kind of like the same thing. Yeah. To me. I, and th- I always loved Bobcat way more than Polly. I feel like that should have been. Um, I feel like those two should have been like paired together. I think if that... they were paired together, that movie would be unfucking watchable. <laughs> that oh. movie would be unwatchable because you'd get Bobcat up there going, "Oh my god, <laughs> yeah," <laughs> and then, "Oh yeah, buddy, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah." <laughs> I'm the weasel, I... yeah, <laughs> yeah, y- yeah. True, but I always like their 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 kind of paths were. It's interesting. I don't know how this happened, but like Bobcat Goldway is like the art house Polly Shore. <laughs> well, yeah, Bobcat. Instead of going the movie route, Bobcat went the like late night comedy show on FX route. Yeah, before yeah. FX was like as good as it is now. Yeah, and he 
yeah, and he directed things. He just started directing things, and he it they're they're both they're both kind of like cut from the same cloth, where it's just this this character actor that plays this character, and it's the same character in every movie. They just kind of like you just watch him. They're they're both like they both have the Mixelpitlick Impossible Man role. Yeah, they do. Like, where you're just like, here is this interdimensional trickster being, and he is now in your film. You know, like it's, but even even in voice, even when they're doing like voice acting, like for example, um, like Bobcat and Hercules, yeah, or 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 fucking Polly Shore in in Goofy movie, you're just like, no, that's. Yeah, I know that's a demon and he has his own name, but that's Bobcat Goldwave. And same thing with Pauly Shore. He, like, I know he's supposed to be a cheese-loving dog man, but that's Pauly Shore. That's Pauly Shore as a cheese-loving dog man. <laughs> they both... It's interesting. Like, I would... It's like always funny, because it's like... At some point. You know, they're like people that can act, but also can only act in one character. I think they're both way more, uh... but typecasting is a thing. That's yeah. the thing. They're like, yeah, no, we're hiring you, Bobcat, and we may know that you want to do something different, but we hired you for that fucking voice that you do. Yeah. So that's the voice that we want on the character. Yeah, okay. Is this true? Yeah, yeah. That's that's very true. It's like you do hey. the weasel. Do the. Yeah. Polly, make sure that you're the weasel in this. Yeah, okay, you're, you're... Be the weasel. You know, I have range. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but your range is like weasel to gopher. So <laughs> Do the weasel. we want the weasel, not the Give gopher. Me the fucking weasel. We hired you to be the fucking weasel. You're the stony, crusty dude with the mop on top. All right? And fucking dressed like Prince. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah. But essentially, walking in each other's shoes changes each other's lives and both for both Duncan and Blade. In the epilogue, the audience learns that Blade actually graduated from high school and went to Hafford, even wearing like the preppy attire, while Duncan decided to go to Stanford and he got a football scholarship. Because you the know. racial stereotype that I talked about in the beginning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he sailed on through because they found out he's an incredible kicker. Yeah. How? Because he, he knows physics. He's a smart boy. He knows exactly how to kick the ball. Makes... He goes through the goalpost every time. Yeah, he did the sports uh, and gets a sports win for his team. And they're like, all right. Good sportsing. Do. Yeah, that well, well done, uh, minority. Here is your scholarship. Come on through and be a fucking... More or less an indentured servant for our for our for our um, athletic courses. You know, enjoy this class of kick science, <laughs> the science of kick. That's getting real, getting real bummer right there. Getting real bummer. <laughs> fuck, fuck. Um, <laughs> I never really thought about that. I never really thought about that angle until this day. Where I thought, like, <laughs> yeah, oh. I like it. It. I mean, it is on the surface. It is just like, haha, you're a nerd, so you can't, you can't pass the physical part. Like, but like you said, who would give a shit when you're like a full on fucking genius, which he is. 
and a minority. No one, no one would like, no one would fucking do a double take at that. No one would think twice. Like, yeah, you're in. You're fucking amazing. Like, come on through. But underneath it, yeah, there's some social commentary there. There's some real social commentary on that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Something to chew on uh, the next time I'm watching this film, which I'm sure I will, you know, in a few weeks now, now that, uh, now that it's on HBO Max and all that. But yeah. And just one more thing about that. Like they make a point of saying that he is the first person to ever get a perfect score on the SAT. There is no school. There is no school that would turn down somebody that got a perfect SAT score. Well, yeah, think of the fucking acclaim with that, you know? That's like a fucking wheel that kid around. Like, this, yeah. he, he attends, he attends such and such, you know, so that automatically makes our school the most prestigious. Yeah. We ha- have a literal, like, one-of-a-kind fucking genius. Yeah. So, like, Blade... You want to just, like, talk about... Alright, let's... Why don't you ask me some questions that you have for me about the movie, or I can talk about how... How are all these kids just grown? <laughs> that was a... That was a rampant problem. Um, even to this day, it still is, where you're just kind of like... Yeah, you're in your mid mid to late twenties, but especially in the fucking nineties, where you had like thirty five year olds, you know, playing. Oh, you talking about nine hundred two one zero? Yeah, you, you. This was like a real, just like if they're good looking, who gives a shit? Theater of the mind, you know, you could uh, suspension of disbelief, fucking run it. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks like an alcoholic. Whatever. He's fucking 17. I mean, like, it's not even just that. Like, there's no, like, weird scene where they're like, we're going to this club. And it's like, I'm not old enough to go to this club. Well, let's get you a fake ID real quick. And it starts down the path of, like, of Duncan getting corrupted by Blade and then, like, Blade getting influenced by Duncan. There's none of that. It's just like, we're going to this club and we go in and Blade has sex with like nine girls and Duncan can't do shit. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to show him the ropes, show him how it's, how, like, you know, the rule of cool, the school of cool. He's trying to teach him how to not be Duncan and to be Blade. They go to the club, like you said. Blade seemingly does fuck like nine fucking women because it they, they're like he he's he comes up to him he hits on him then they disappear it's like I can't imagine if this is all just like look how many dances he gets like that's not the point of 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 this at all it's not like ah uh, you know like it's I, to show I, how cool Blade is yeah and while Duncan is trying lines that don't fucking land at all yeah he's giving really, all that soft boy. Is speaking of like the shit where you're saying like how they're grown, this viewing, this very last viewing was the first time I questioned <laughs> I know it's weird, but it was the first time I questioned I was like, wait a minute. So the whole stakes is is that if Blade fucks up once, he is now eighteen and he's going to big boy jail. 
But he yeah. starts out in big boy jail. Like he's in there with other grown, he's in there with other grown ass men. I guess we're supposed to believe that that's juvie, though. There was a. Uh, <laughs> a like, listen, it's <laughs> it's it's a movie. We had to suspend our disbelief a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But like, what? I I guess what we have to believe is that he's going. He's in county, and that he's going to, like, he's going to like prison. Not okay, jail. so we'll, we'll just say that. Okay, so they are. Yeah, they're in county, and for whatever reason, they don't have separate lockups for that. This is like you fucked up. We have one county. We don't have one for juvenile. We and one for um eighteen and older. We just have the one county, and then from there, you know, we filter you to where you're gonna go. You know, like you you're gonna go to juvie. You're gonna go to fucking big boy prison. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's it, but it's a little interesting. Is um, I don't know why this time of all times when I'm about to talk about it on a podcast, where I was like, "Huh, that don't make sense." That because you know, I don't really that's believe what you're that. Here for <laughs> I don't really believe that for the first time ever, and I've seen this movie so many fucking times, so many fucking times. This was your first viewing of it, and yeah. Isn't it just I'm. Uh, it's hard to ask you a question without leading it. Because I was, like, on a... <laughs> Listen, there, there are some grown-ass things that happen in this movie that make me feel, like, weird about it. And not, like, weird about it. Just, like, when... I don't remember her name, because basically any character that wasn't Duncan or Blade really didn't fucking matter other than popsicle 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 <laughs> uh, uh wedge um, wedge and, and what's the other bad guy's name mink yeah mink who looks like derwin the destroyer um oh, yeah i saw that i saw i saw that fucking message and you know what yeah kind of, he's got the head shape he got the derwin head shape yeah, that's that's exactly what I was seeing. Is just <laughs> the Derwin head shape. Yeah. Um, uh, Ellen and Demita. It looks like um, the only characters that really matter are the three and Wedge, right? right. And Wedge is like barely because he just gets the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, he's the 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 Goldar, <laughs> like. Blades, Puerto Rican henchmen don't make, they don't matter. Juicy and uh, Go-Go? Yeah. I love them. Because I love that they have, I love that they have the fucking, the windbreakers. You know, they're the same design, but the <laughs> like, one's green, one's pink. I love them. Yeah. And but like, I don't, and Go-Go. <laughs> I don't remember the girl's names, but the girl that Duncan ends up with. Ellen. Um, Ellen is her name? Yeah, I'm pretty... I'm gonna have to look it up real yeah, quick. Yeah, Ellen, because Demita... I always know Demita was the, the like, the, you know, the the Scarlet Buxom, you know? Like that kind Demita is the one that Duncan's with, then. Oh, sorry. Yeah, my bad. I was getting... I was getting mixed up because Duncan is Blade and Blade is Duncan. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah, what like you just the, said 
the whole point of the movie. So I was thinking of like Duncan Blade. Duncan is with Ellen, whereas with Duncan Blade <laughs> is with Demita. <laughs> Blade Duncan and Duncan Blade. Attorneys so at law. <laughs> Demita, when she when she takes Duncan to her job at the wax museum and she shows off the like Conan the Barbarian thing and she goes, "I designed this," and it's like. They're not letting a fucking 17-year-old design anything in the wax museum. They are letting a 17-year-old sell tickets. This is that's a scene. it. Well, I like, you know, she was she was there on the day they were taking those those pictures and maybe she su- suggested something. That angle? I don't yeah. know. Cuz that's a Frazetta ass pose. Yeah, you know, and that scene that scene, like, had a lot going for it back when it was on, like, a fucking VHS that I had to adjust the tracking on because it looked like a Frazetta painting. Yeah. And so back then, I was like, oh, Demita, she fucking arted that. She drew that shit. Oh. But now, like, seeing in fucking... High you know, def. A scene in high def, and I see that it's just a, a, a picture... Like it's just a, a photograph. I'm like, what do you mean you designed that? That's a I don't I never heard anyone say that with a like a photo. I designed that photo. What do you mean? Did you take it? Did you did you like did you do the costuming for it? Like what do you mean? I mean, so, I've been to Madame Tussauds. I know you can't pose a fucking wax figure like they gotta <laughs> mold it in that form. So yeah, it's just like they they're not gonna. Do, it had more impact back then, but you're absolutely right because she is a fucking high school student. She is, she would be like just handing out fucking tickets. So I don't know what that means about yeah. designing that. There is, is uh, it to make her impressive? <laughs> I don't know. Just to show there's more depth to her, you know, this, like, I think it's to show that Ellen is horny while smart. While Demita is horny is is smart while horny <laughs> horny while smart and then S- smart while there's horny. there's more than just being horny and hood yeah for demita because demita is shown as yeah hood look at the fucking cherry red fucking lipstick you know she's she's supposed to be with wedge but she's not really with wedge wedge is just the loudest and said yo demita my girl you know just yelling that even though wedges wedge is just the gayest character in that movie <laughs> just the crop top man They're like the crop oh. top the suspenders how yeah. much of a bottom he is to a yeah. mink mm-hmm. no daddy i didn't do that yeah. no daddy it was him yeah there's definitely something there there's other stuff wedge you know he's 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 battling some stuff so i feel him being at that age and and having those kind of confl- having those kind of feelings and thoughts, I feel you, man. I Luckily, understand. in the '90s, you could dress as outwardly gay yeah, as you yeah, wanted, and everyone was like, "No, that's cool." Yeah, no, he tough as shit. I mean, like, he is a big motherfucker, and you're not going to say anything about about his like salmon his salmon colored crop top. <laughs> you're not going to say, dude. I get that, but. Yeah, like he he's got a lot of frustrations and those have outwardly become, you know, aggression and bullying and all that. 
and th- and that's really just Wedge's problem. He's not being honest with himself, you know, and yeah. he's and he's not in really he's not in a time, and especially being a fucking especially being a black like a black youth, like he can't really he he can't he can't be out. So yeah, he, he's frustrated. He's frustrated, and he's and he, of course he's gonna yell that Demita's his girlfriend. Just announcing that to the whole classroom, just so no one thinks that he could possibly like men, and that and like it all makes sense, you know that that all fucking makes sense. Wedges, yeah. Wedges, uh, he didn't like Duncan's high top fade because it was peacocking more than him. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah the it's it's just so wedge is just dealing with a lot of suppressed feelings i get yeah i understand that understand that why he's why he's acting the way he is he's got a lot of stuff he's dealing with man and he's not in a he's not in a position where he can uh really extrapolate those and and work on them so we have wedge the bully but yeah demita and ellen i think that is simply the show more depth than because ellen is clearly like, got like the repressed horny, you know, and Demita's got the rep- repressed creativity, and that's the whole point of that scene where she's showing like I designed that. Just showing, like, oh, this, you know, she's she's more than just uh, you know, something to objectify. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's got she's got a lot going on. So I understand what the movie's going there. Yes, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Why a seventeen year old would design this uh the, the, <laughs> well the yes it doesn't make any sense that a 17 year old would design this fucking advert for the wax museum but whatever would get, would get any kind of say in anything at yeah. a, at her job other than you know i think that we could use more of this in the bathroom that's yeah. a good that's a good change no i guess we could put a yeah, it's like I guess we can put a fan in the ticket booth. That won't that won't fuck with anything. You're right. Yeah, you know? like that's uh, popsicle. Oh, popsicle desperately wants friends. He immediately attaches himself to Blade. Well, Duncan Blade. Well, he immediately tries to bully him, and then realizes that he's Blade Brown, and goes, "Oh shit, no! I guess we're friends." Yeah, and he gets a hold of his fucking record somehow. Um, like, yeah. he's in the class, he's like, he's got his, I get, I don't know why that would be on his, his class transfer. Oh, I'll back it back out of that, back out of that. Cause it's going to break my brain by going yeah. far. Um, yeah. So he tries to eat pop, pop school, like you said, tries to bully Duncan at first, because look at Duncan, you know? He was just thrown into the portables. He's got the highest high top fade you've ever seen. It's it's a uh, bad news. Bad consequences are on the way. But he finds Duncan's transfer, which is Blade's transfer, and he sees all the fucking like crimes he's committed somehow, and he reads them off. And now, like you know, everyone knows. Oh, this Blade Brown, and so Popsicle tries to. Immediately, like, or I keep saying immediately, Popsicle tries to acclimate himself to him, become a friend, you know, so like, oh, you know, I'm going to be your hype man, I'm going to roll with you, can I, you know, I'm going to be cool with you, whatever you do, I'm going to be there, I'm going to be like, you know, 
letting people know that you're there and you're doing it, all that. Um, Popsicle, I know we already we were already talking about him, uh, just praising Dougie Duck, but he really does just like every single fucking joke he says, like fucking lands superbly. When when Wedge, who we find out is a drug dealer, which leads into Polly Shore hijacking our film. <laughs> Um, when we find out that Wedge is a drug dealer by him shaking down Popsicle for money because for he's, coke yeah for coke and, and and he's holding Popsicle up by his fucking collar and he's saying like he's giving him every excuse in the book why he doesn't have money and he has some Nike fucking Air Maxes on brand new with the tag some 1992 Air Max like I believe they're uh, I was actually looking them up um, Air Max 5s with the tag still on him and he's kicking like it it's such a just a little visual touch there like so fucking funny man yeah i mean yeah dougie doug killed it in that he kills he kills it in everything so even at the fucking end like because they do this whole mad romp through the uh through the wax museum which was the biggest selling point for this movie for for little freddy when i was watching it because you know you see all this you see batman you see the three stooges and all that you see this whole uh hall of horrors where there's a bunch of monsters and stuff like that uh, obviously that was like the big the big uh the grab for a young freddy but even at that conclusion when they find out who's who and all that and 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 Popsicle is like beside himself, saying like, "Wait, but you're you're Duncan Penderhues and you're Blade Brown." You know, it's like, and he just feels so betrayed, and he's like, "God is just just it is played up." You know, nothing nothing is um drawn attention to it, but he has his elbow on like on um Curly of the Three Stooges. Like, there's a fucking wax display of the Three Stooges, and he's just standing there with them, and just talking at the, he's talking at the characters who are off camera, and crying that he's been betrayed and shit like that. Yeah. Like, it's just, uh, I, I, I need to, I mean, we all love Sanka. We all love Cool Runnings, as I said, but I need to, man, Dougie Doug's a fucking talent. He's a true fucking talent. I mean, you're you're the curator of this podcast. Like, you could do a Dougie Doug month. I mean, not not next month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, well, you can make that choice. You are the you are in charge of this this show that we put out. Yeah. So there, that might have to be a thing. That might have to be a thing where we we at least dig into a couple more uh, features with Dougie Doug prominent in it because he is he's good shit. Everything I've seen him, in, he's always delivered. So, um, one thing about this movie is that this is the last movie that Kid has his high top fade in. Did you know that? The last one? Oh, yeah. I thought he threw he... it back out. No, no. After this, he keeps the dreads and he, like, grows the dreads out and he, like, constantly pops them out of, like, a visor or something like that. As was the style. Right. In that. But... And that was his choice. Uh, Warner Brothers threatened to sue him because he wanted to get rid of it for this movie. Um, Because Warner Brothers 
own kid and play and their likenesses. And they thought that like, yeah, they thought that kid trimming the high top fade was going to be bad for the image and play kind of agreed with it, but he's going to support his boy. Right. I mean, I, it is the most iconic thing about the, just the look of kid and play is that but, one, one of them had a ridiculous high top fade. Yes. Yes. And, but the deal is, is that like, if you're watching this movie, kid's hairline is fucking back. <laughs> so he, he was seeing the writing on the wall. So he wanted to go to the dread twist. Yeah. Um, eventually kid and Warner brothers came to a compromise where he would wear the fade for half of the movie and then the dreads for the rest. Okay. So they yeah. got, uh, I see. So that's interesting little compromise. They, they still, they still had the, uh, so they still got the high top fade there. The, the iconography of the high top fade in there with like publicity photos and stuff like that. But kids still got to, to shave it down to the, the twists. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's interesting. I mean, like, uh, they are fucking with like an IP with that, you know, that's like changing Mario's colors. Yeah. So I, I, I get that. Fuck. Like, like threatening to fucking sue him over that. Jesus. (laughs) Because they could lose money. Because like, who's gonna want to see Christopher Kid Reed in a movie if it isn't Kid in play with the fucking yeah. high top fade? Yeah, it, who is Kid? Is Kid, you know, is Kid the talent or is Kid simply the high top fade? And that's what they're and, worried about. I mean, like listening to their rap in this movie. Yeah, Kid is the high top fade, <laughs> and. <laughs> The deal is, though, like, I was reading up a little bit, and I didn't really notice it in the movie, mm-hmm. but there was some bad editing in the scene where they get on stage and they rap together. Yeah. Where the second verse of the song is completely off-tempo that just makes it sound like kids on stage rapping for school. Yeah. I thought that was always, like, well... I thought that was always, like, a thing because Duncan's character wouldn't know how to rap, and he's kind of just, like, I mean, we find out he's a natural talent at it, but he's not, um, but he's not, like, seasoned like Blade is, who's been doing it apparently all his, you know, throughout his, his, his hood tenure. But also, it's a kid and play movie. Where they have to rap, they have they're to contractually rap. obligated to rap. Yeah, I get it. I get it. it, it Even though early '90s rap, like in this case, not we've come so much further. <laughs> because that's a good way. It's <laughs> a good way to put it. Um, yeah, especially mainstream rap. Yeah, uh, mainstream not even, rap. Not even mainstream rap, like. I was listening to Doom last night. I was re-listening to Danger Doom. Mm-hmm. And like Doom kind of the way that he raps would be similar to like the flow that Kid and Play would have. Right? Right. But 
Kid and Play still kind of gave off, like, their tempo was still more of the, like, B-boy swag, right? Yeah. Like, they would say shit, like, more interesting than professional wrestling, but they'd be like, more interesting than professional wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Spin on some cardboard. (laughs) I got you. Yeah, it's definitely more, um... Uh... Yeah, like you, you said, right? The B boys and the the Sugar Hill Gang and stuff like that. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's all it's all that. And and like I think that's pretty. I think shaving the high top was ultimately pretty. Uh, I think it was ultimately like pretty timely because things were moving away from that. Yeah. So, like, but at the same time, I agree with, with, uh, with Warner and them, like, saying, like, well, that's the fucking brand, and unfortunately, that was the fucking brand, was that fucking high top fade. Like, you see that shit, and it's, like, ridiculous, you know? It's like, look at it, like, it's... it's I mean, the poster is the high top fade. Yeah. With class act shaved into the back of his head. Yeah, it's, it... Anything involving kid and play, the high top fade was there. So I, I think they're both right in in this situation where Warner Brothers was right for for being like, no, that's the brand because it fucking was a brand. Well, I think Kid was also on the money that that shit was moving out. You know, like that shit was uh, on its way out, and like you know, that's probably like tied into aspirations he had too. Maybe wanted to be a more. Uh, either a more serious actor or a more serious um um more serious musician you know that's probably like wanting to move away from the gimmick so i would say that it was probably because he wanted to be a more serious actor because i was reading up a little bit i was reading up a little bit and uh, apparently for house party 1 they each only got paid 30 grand Okay. And then no. <laughs> when House Party 2 came out, they got six figures for their for their space for their appearance. Okay. Yeah. So once they saw like, hey, we could work for 18 days and make six figures because that wasn't rap money back then. Yeah. Like you weren't making millions doing rap. Yeah, not like everyone I, not everyone was MC Hammer. Yeah, not everyone was MC Hammer, and like Jay Z was just around the corner with the Blueprint, which yeah. I think that went platinum, right? The Blueprint. I mean, album albums used to go platinum all the time. So Blueprint came out right at the turn of the decade in two thousand. It did. Yeah. What was Jay Z's first album? Uh, is it reasonable doubt? Yeah, which came out four years later. 96. And it went platinum. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think, um, MC Did you know every Jay-Z album, all 13 solo Jay-Z albums went platinum? That's insane. Because, I mean, no, ah, ah, I don't know. 
I was gonna say, I, no, it, no disrespect, but at the same time, a little bit of disrespect. <laughs> like, uh, like uh, Jay-Z is not for me. Never been. <laughs> there's there's a couple. There's definitely a couple. Uh, I, I mean, how can you make that much music and not have something, you know, that I would like, right? Yeah. But, like, for the most part, yeah, Jay-Z was not my bag, man. Just didn't do it for me. He wasn't when I was a kid because, like... I was just brought up to not like anything that black people did. And then I was like, oh, I don't like what my parents have taught me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I thankfully, um, I guess it was mainly due to my, my father doing because he was into he was into metal. He was the one to show me metal. He was the one that showed me hip hop and rap and all that. So, And my mom, you know, bless her, never had any... Uh, uh, what's what's where to put it? no, no racial biasness, I guess you know because she was never opposed to me watching anything from the culture, you know. So yeah. I had stuff like Kid and Play. You know, I I had uh, other movies. I I like I also, um, you know, Baby's Kids. Baby's Kids was was a, another one that was on repeat. When funny enough, Robin Harris was in, you know, um the first house party but like they're uh living color you know stuff like that like was pretty frequent in my household so those were like frequently playing in my household so because of that it was kind of just i was integrated to it i guess you know like i was like you know it's like with a fucking like raising any raising any kid or raising a fucking dog you know you let them you let them experience everything so they don't have this weird barrier between them and the world you know where well like in in my family like we i like luckily when i got older i was i immediately like broke it Mm -hmm. broke the uh the biases but in 1997 for christmas i got a portable disc man and I got Big Willie style as the album. <laughs> that, and, is, that is probably the the most that is probably the most Dan album I can think of. Right, there. Big Willie style is a great album, uh, but it was a. We were in New York with my mom's family. And the fact that I got the album Big Willie Style was something that my grandparents berated my parents for. For let, yeah. let me listen to that kind of music. Yeah. Ugly. Yeah. But ugly, but unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, all too commonplace. Nothing, nothing surprising there. Yeah, I mean, but that, but, but, like. It is it is what happened. Like luckily I don't have those biases in me. Mm-hmm. But you can thank <laughs> thank Will Smith for uh for uh taking your hand. <laughs> well <laughs> I guess <laughs> letting you know there's there's a bigger world out there. What it's was... so funny because it's the album with like Men in Black on it and shit, you know? It's just... Yeah. <laughs> it is like, I think that's probably, 
you know that that album Big Willie style. I would like to see how many you know suburban white kids got the taste. I got the via album. That album. Like I would have probably been fine with getting the Men in Black single or the Men in Black soundtrack. That one was pretty. That one was pretty like uh, frequent. Yeah, at at birthday parties at during that time. In fact, I gifted someone. My parents bought that for me to gift to a friend. The the Men in Black uh, album. Yeah, I would have been fine with probably that, but they just went with Big Willie style because they saw it and they saw that it had the Men in Black song because they figured I would probably just listen to that song. Mm-hmm. But no, I listened to the whole thing. I listened to Getting Jiggy With It, Don't Say Nothing, Yes, Yes, Y'all. <laughs> right, right. I mean, that kind of was the way Miami. back then. You did buy an album just for one song, and then like the rest of the album was either an experience or something you never touched. Yeah. But you you got the full... You got, you you went through the Big Willie. Well, the Big Willie style. And like... So... Like, I, we weren't living in New York at the time. We were just spending Christmas with my mom's family. So we did have to take a plane back home. Am I just going to listen to Men in Black for five hours? I mean, you could. You could. I could. It is a fantastic song. And I had, like, 12-year-old brain, which means that I could listen to the same thing over and over and over and over Without again. Without it melting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I had five hours. I could I could listen to Chasing Forever. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's pretty. I think that's I think that's beautiful. I think that's beautiful. I I think there's a lot of kids like you. Like I said that that had a that first experienced, you know, something other than the. The Irish folk music that my my dad wanted me to listen to. Yeah, you know, like the the first album that I had was science fiction themes, and I don't know why. And then when we made our first theft as a family, where we did the like a, you know, where you put the CD stamps on the thing, and they'd say we charge you a penny if you buy twenty albums, but you don't buy any other albums other than the penny ones. And they just send you to collections. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was like Green Day and stuff like that. And right. then my dad got, like, the Green Jelly album. Okay. Do you remember Green Jelly? Yeah, I remember Green Jelly. Yeah. They played that Three Little Wolves album. They played that song all the time in the house, and I don't know how. Oh. <laughs> uh. I just found an article about Big uh, Big Willie Style that says Will Smith's Big Willie Style taught me how to be myself. A lot of people found a lot of solace in Big Willie Style. That's what I was saying. I, I, I could imagine that there was that album found a lot of white people, found a lot of white kids. And it's like, you know, come on, there's more. There's more to this. There's, yeah. there, there's, there's more to this than... Uh, Fucking Lisa Loeb and Three Eye Three Eye Blind. No disrespect. No Maybe disrespect. a little disrespect to Three Eye Blind. Maybe a little disrespect. To three third Eye Blind. Eye blind. Third Third Eye Blind. Three Eye. No Three Eye Blind. Yeah, fuck them. Three Eye Blind. <laughs> <laughs> three Blind Eyes. Three. three fuck yeah. 
Yeah, major disrespect to three blind eyes. No disrespect to Mrs. Loeb. <laughs> no, she uh she played Mary Jane when do you remember when MTV had the Spider Man cartoon? The like uh, yeah, yeah, shaded one? Yeah, because fucking Rob Zombie was, he was the lizard. Kurt, yeah, he was Curtis Connors. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I, that's why I watched it. <laughs> I was Lisa like, oh, Loeb shit. was Mary Jane. I didn't know that. That's cool. <laughs> All the love in the world to to Lisa Loeb, uh Three Blind Eyes, Go Fuck Yourself, I Can't Even Remember What Song I Like By You, If I Did, let me see. Uh, is it Semi-Charmed Kind of Life? Is that them? I think it's them. Oh, they they had Jumper. Yeah. Yeah, you know, would you would step up from the ledge, my friend. That song's alright. I mean, let's be honest, it is definitely like, you know, a cultural banger. For sure. They they also did uh, Semi Charmed Life, and it was on the same album. Did they? they yeah. Did Semi Charmed Life really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're not one to back down. Still, fuck you. I love those songs, but fuck you. <laughs> the... I really like Semi Charmed Life. <laughs> I really <laughs> did. That was one of those ones where I was like a kid. I was like, this, this, I like this. This is, you know, this is all right. This is pretty. This is pretty swell. My whiteness was really coming through on that. I think, I think it's a, one of, it's a, it's a pop bop, man. Yeah, it's one of those songs that brings out the whiteness in everyone, even just if you like, don't have the whiteness. You know? Just like Mbop. Yeah, just like Mbop. You're just like you put this on. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna have a good time. Uh, we may go to the mall. Yeah. You know? Uh. Maybe go bowling. Yeah, we'll we'll figure we'll figure it out. We'll still, we'll stop by uh, Virgin Records. We'll pick up. Uh, we'll pick up a couple. We'll <laughs> pick up a couple albums. You know, all that. Like it's it's. I really like semi charmed life. <laughs> this one and um, what was what what was that one? Uh, we talked about it before. Spin Doctors. Yeah. What was the name of that song? Uh, it was like... <sighs> Just gotta get my phone yeah. out real quick. It's like... Uh, Two Princes. Yeah. Yeah, that was the shit right there. Spin Doctors, Two Princes, and Third Eye Blind, Semi-Charmed Life. Yeah, those songs are, are both like pretty much the same, and I love them. Hmm. Like, um, li- literally listen to those two songs. They're pretty much the fucking same. <laughs> The singer from Eve 6 is on Twitter now, and all he's doing is spilling tea about those those singers. Really? Yeah. The I guess this guy, this is the singer from, from Eve 6 that's running it, and he's just spilling all of, like, the shit about them. <laughs> the pin tweet, pretty sure we're going to be huge again. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, like, the last thing that the same place where I got that little tidbit about kids' hair was an interview that they did on The Breakfast Club a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. So, Play said that growing up, he was a bit of a troublemaker, so much so that he got kicked out of five schools before he ended up getting his GED. As a result, their respective roles in Class Act are pretty similar to their personas throughout high school. Play said that he would hang out at kids' house and he would be astounded at ha- that uh, when they would watch Jeopardy together, that kid knew a lot of the answers to the questions. 
And he said that if he could harness kid smarts with his street cred, he could really go somewhere. And that kid was such a nerd that he thought if play gave him a bit of street cred, he might be able to lose his virginity. (laughs) That's That's, high school. That's high school brain right there. It's like, yeah, yeah. Like this kid's smart. Like I need to get on his coattails. And it's like, this guy can get me, can get my dick wet. Yeah. And like in high school, that is all you care about. Like, who cares about school? It's about, like, how do I trick one of these girls into letting me inside of her? For a lot of people, yeah, for a lot of people growing up, that was priority number one. How do I get off while being in or having someone in me? (laughs) I mean, that was my goal through most of my 20s, too. (laughs) Putting yourself inside someone so you can come. You and Tony and everyone met me at, like, the end of the road on that. Yeah. Like, I was in my, like, last two years of, like... Being a degenerate. Yeah. Who's this person? Oh, I'd like to know what the inside of her smells like. Yeah, yeah. like, that's true. I, but I get it. I get it back then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Back then, I was a filthy person. And just deeply in the throes of being an alcoholic. But that's that's a tale for a different time. Yeah. Uh now you're here. Now you're making podcasts and, and, and you're and you're you're uh working for a comic book store. <laughs> There's a pandemic going on still. Um probably honestly probably gonna be seeing that that, that pandy time for for most of twenty twenty one, I'm pretty sure. Uh, we're supposedly getting a mass vaccine. Hopefully. I mean, like, hopefully that does it, is what I'm saying. Like, I believe we are, I believe that is happening, but hopefully that does it at the rate of, um, you know, there's some gorillas that got it. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I did hear about that. That shit's fuck, man. (laughs) What's going on? That's, that's a, but, but like, here's. The deal is that, like, once we get vaccinated, I'm hanging out with you guys again. I'm still going to wear the mask, but I'm hanging out. Yeah, I think that's that's understandable. Like, like if everyone, like, I would like to be vaccinated, and then whoever I would like to hang out with my friends that are also vaccinated, and yeah. still do the the proper protocols and all that. I think that's that's fine. And we we got to move back to it at some point. Just you know, do it I was smart reading, I was reading a thing from a doctor where she was like, yeah, you know how they're reporting that some people are still getting COVID after the vac- after they get the vaccine. Yeah. Well, like you kind of need to give your body a month to get used to the shit. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And they're like, you can't just go mask off. No, no social distancing. Like, <laughs> Oh, I got the second vaccine. I'm good. I'm, I'm going around and I'm just, I'm sucking doorknobs. I'm not just licking them. I'm sucking them. I'm fitting that whole motherfucker in my mouth, and I'm I'm doing an, an airlock seal with my lips, <laughs> just around it, and I'm my my cheeks are gonna go concave. I'm not gay, but my first homie that I see, <laughs> I'm just putting that dick right in my mouth. I missed you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm like. <laughs> Remember when we used to do this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
been too long. <laughs> oh shit, that's good. Yeah, no, like sucking doorknobs. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be trying to fucking like, I'm gonna be trying to pick locks with my tongue. We we just we we getting real wild as soon as I get the vaccine. Like I'm going straight from the clinic to fucking I'm I'm going to a play place. I'm going to Dave and Buster's immediately. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm going to I'm going to like a, an Indian restaurant. I'm just eating with my fucking hands. You know what? As soon as I get that vaccine, I'm only eating at buffets for a little bit. And you know what? I'm not using a serving spoon. I'm just using my fucking mouth. I'm just going to go in and I'm going to say, oh, is this egg drop soup? And I'm just going to slurp it up real I'm quick. Gonna, I'm going to drag my forehead across the sneeze guard as I, as, I, as I take in the sights of the buffet. I'm actually just going to break all the glass and I'm just going to reach through the sneeze guard. <laughs> yeah. I'm vaccinated, bitch. You don't need nothing. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Just fucking stay at home time. another month. Be safe. Be safe. Be absolutely just just do what you've been doing. There, you know, there's no nothing we're doing right now. I mean, like maybe you know, wearing a mask, fucking washing your fucking hands at at frequent intervals. That shouldn't be something you should stop anyway. I don't think. Like, I mean. Like, if the mask, obviously, like, you don't have to wear the mask fucking everywhere, but I, like, if I'm going shopping in a store again, I think I'm just going to wear a mask all the time. Because, one, one, I think, like, you know, I haven't, I haven't been fucking sick in so fucking long because of just, like, washing my hands all the time and wearing a fucking mask when I go places and shit. But, two... Having a fucking, like, the type of mask I have, and having the UV problem, like, it's been really nice to not yeah. get, like, sun irritated or sun exposed on the most sensitive parts of my face. <laughs> so, like, the I mean, there's no, just, act, we can reacclimate ourselves to our social lives and the stuff we did before, but do it fucking slowly. Do it slowly. We got to get back to that at some point, but just be smart about it. Don't yeah, like, I don't think for a little bit you're going to be able to, like, have me walk into a house and go, hey, Dan, put this diaper on and me just go, okay, let me get naked in front of all my friends real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't get straight to, to bucking. But we can, we can, together, by being responsible, we can slowly get back to bucking. Yeah. Mammoth King can return. Mammoth King can return. That's right. <laughs> um, God, we're all over the fucking place here. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say about the movie? There's legitimately no, nothing about the production of this movie that I could talk about because yeah. I couldn't find a damn thing. It's like, we made the movie. Everything went smoothly. It came out. It cost us $7 million. We made 13.2. We didn't make a class act two, but Kid and Play made a bunch more house parties. They made a bunch of money. And, you know, now they're just living their lives as men. I Kid did like, a, some voice acting recently. Like, not recently, but like in 2012. Yeah? Yeah. For, for what? Some game. Let me. Oh, using Spec Ops the line. 
there you go. All right, that's a that's a game that had the fucking yeah. Like, didn't wasn't that the game where you like saw like like white phosphorus like kill or something like that? Like, yeah, where it was like some brutal. So like, uh, play ended up going. He found God, which perfectly fine, and then, uh. So, like, the things that he's been in are kind of religious-based. And then, uh, that's, I'm sorry, Play did that. And then Kid, he's kind of just, he's been doing stuff on and off. He was in, he was on the, like, movie Pauly Shore is Dead. He was in the Barbershop TV series. Uh, do you remember that Adult Swim musical Freaknik the musical. Fuck yeah, I remember Freaknik. He was he was himself in Freaknik. Never um, rewatched Freaknik. He was on Black Dynamite when they had that cartoon on Adult Swim as well. Cool. Yeah. Alright, so he's staying active. That's good. It's good to see. Did they ever play Freaknik a second time? Because I feel like I only ever saw it that one time. I think like just that weekend, <laughs> like they played it, they played it like a, a couple times that weekend and that was it. Huh. We should petition for Adult Swim to play Freaknik again. Yeah. Certainly. But after the f- pandemic, because I don't want it to inspire people to like go to Freaknik. Because, you know, that's just about rubbing. Ju- that's <laughs> that's post that's post pandy time. Freaknik's post pandy. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Yeah, we should we should keep the um, the Google trends down on Freaknik right now. <laughs> but we'll we'll yeah, get there because yeah. we don't we don't want a Freaknik Sturgis situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, that our I think that our minds are gone. So like we have to end the show. Class Act was a funny movie. It's on HBO Max. If you have it, go watch it. Yeah, um, I, I highly recommend it. It's, it's from my youth. One of those movies that I've watched shitloads of times. It's mad problematic. Like if you're I, gonna watch it with woke eyes, it's fucking mad problematic. Just know that and, it was made in 1992. And like. If you're annoyed that I was watching it like that, I mean, like I'm watching it for a fucking podcast. Like you got to see these things, and 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 you can't and you can't, you can't turn that shit off either. You know, once you once you are exposed to this shit, like you're made aware of it, you you got to point it out. You know, like it's yeah. not like we're it's not like neither of us enjoy the enjoy the film because of the problematic parts. It's just something that you kind of just accept. You know, it's it's in there. Yeah, I mean, it's just something that had to be brought up, and it's just one of those things that, like, I'm I'm watching for a podcast. I'm watching to see stupid shit. I'm watching to tell you that this is the last time that kids' hair was in the high-top fade. You know, just all that bullshit. Yeah, something to talk about. Yeah. So, thank you so much. Go ahead. But, like I said, it's it's a worthwhile watch. It's It's a lot of fun. It's... Um, it's another one of those uh, Prince and the Popper movies. Just check it out to see that they do a good job with it. I I think it ha- I think it has a, a 
appropriate mount of 1992 in it where it's very charming. And yeah, there's like a couple of problem problematic bits in there because again, 1992. Jailbait. 1992. <laughs> yes. Uh, a lot of uh, homophobia and stuff like that. But uh, it's still very entertaining. Um, oh, yeah. Bloody. The disappointment of his parents when they think that oh. he's gay with Blade. And Ooh, then, like, yeah. how dad is just like, he's having sex with a woman in there. <laughs> yeah, Our yeah. son's not gay. Oh, you know what I'm going to throw in here? Um, it's got, it's kind of a different vibe. But have you ever watched any Murder Fist skits, Pre- Freddy? I don't think so. Murder Fist is the uh, sketch group that Henry Zabrowski, Jackie Zabrowski, uh, Holden McNeely, basically like the core last podcast other than like Ben and Marcus. Right. It was their sketch group that they were in when they all lived in New York. Okay. And there's a Murder Fist skit where it's really gross because Jackie and Henry, who are brother and sister, are playing husband and wife in the skit. Uh Uh-huh. Their son is a serial killer, and he's like, I have to tell you something. And they're getting prepared for their son to tell them that they're gay. And they're like, oh, God, not in my house, not in my house. And he's like, I met a girl, and I'm a serial killer, and I want you to come meet her. And she's, like, hanging bloody in his, like, murder dungeon. Yeah. It's like, just at least you're not gay. It's so nice to meet you. We don't care that our son's a murderer as long as he's not sucking dick. The Murder Fist skit, which I brutalized in this, will be in the link dump. Watch some Murder Fist. It's funny. They it's were problematically so, funny. Yeah, they were so happy that he wasn't gay that they fucked. And like their brother parents. and sister. No, I'm thinking <laughs> talking about the parents. Like uh Duncan's like dad is so happy that he had a big titty woman. His son had a big titty woman in his bed that he he's just like all like you know overjoyed and it makes his makes his mom like horny and then they fuck and that's like how credits. weird how weird is that that you're so excited that your son is fucking that it gets you horny something's ah, wrong with that that's something's it, it, wrong with that it's it's uh, uh, I don't know how you can just. I walked in on my on my uh, my child getting down. I am my my penis is purely for show, <laughs> like for well, for a few weeks. <laughs> I mean, not even that. Like the way that Duncan reacted to it wasn't the way a kid reacts. It was the way you react when the homie comes in. It's like, hey man, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very casual. Yeah, but maybe that's what he learned on the streets. It also that's- depends on the kind of girl you're with because like Demita is the kind of girl that you're like, Hey man, shut the door. Like I'm busy here. Yeah. But Ellen, like if somebody walked in while blade and Ellen were together, she would freak out and it would be over. (laughs) It's strangely detailed. Like there's, there's some things here that make me think you're recalling something. I was never caught. Okay. But you've given thought to it. I have. (laughs) This podcast may be unlistenable. It might be. It might be. Shit. Um, let's, let's, okay, let's recoup here. What's going on? What the fuck was going on? We were, we were about talking. to end it. We were, okay, so let's just get away from the whole 
uh, fucking and parental fucking, <laughs> fucking and and yeah, by proxy parent fuck, not by proxy, a straight direct, up a direct cause of parent fucking. Yeah, watching your son fuck should never make you horny enough to fuck. Yeah, yeah, you should never be ready to bone down right after that. I yeah, mean, you could you could be happy for him, but my mind wouldn't be like. It no, might be I, like. It might be like, well, I have to keep this a secret from his mother. Yeah. And we have to consider burning the house down. Yeah. (laughs) But it should never lead directly to like, well, now I need to get, now I need to get my dick wet. Yep. Well, that's it. That's like the homie, like, you know, in the other room getting down, you get down. That's, yeah, that's definitely like a, like a homie thing. You can't be a parent and, and fucking, and chop, like, you know, they can't, like, that kind of connection can happen between parental and and uh, child figures. Oh, no, that's some that's some Pornhub shit, and yeah. we're not we're not about that here. <laughs> Just say that's it, Dad. Just get, get us out of here. <laughs> well, like, I, don't, I don't know what our what thank our you so much. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to the show. Kind of, maybe you listened to it. Maybe you got to the end of it. Who knows? It doesn't matter. We bring you new episodes weekly here. Maybe the new sh- maybe the show's coming back soon on the free platform, but you know Power Rangers is leaving Netflix at the end of the month, so we finally need to announce this. Next month here on the Patreon is Patrons' Choice, so in the Discord you need to tell us the movies that we're going to be doing. That that's what we're doing. Yes, we've got four spaces, right? Yeah, four Fridays. You got four movies to pick from, and there's four of you. So you better each hit us with a movie. It doesn't matter how you get at us. If you have our phone numbers, text us. If you're in the Discord, do it on Discord. If you want to do it on Twitter, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Did you say those all twice? I did. Okay. I thought I was I thought I was losing you there too. I realized it when I said Facebook the second time and I was like, what am I doing? You're kind of doing a Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. (laughs) Yeah. You're doing a monster truck rally. We got to end the episode. Thank you to Rainer for the use of our theme song. Go to rainer.bandcamp.com, but I also want you to go to the local... Rallies. Go go to your checkers. (laughs) Yeah, whatever Freddie said. Go to checkers or rallies, and I want you to go up to them and say, I would like the Rainer. And they'll say, what is that? And go, it's on your website. It's on your website. Here is five dollars. Yeah, and that's they'll hook it. you up because that's how yeah. they, that's how they work. That's how they operate. Just go there, order the Rainer. They'll know what you're talking about. And if they don't, you tell them that you fucking better give me some food. I don't care what it is. Call it the Rainer, yeah. and that's it. Um, socials, you know about it. You're going to be contacting us about February. So, get at us. Um, That's all I've got. You got anything, Freddie? Thanks for listening.
the more it's 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 clear that we are we are not fit to be doing this. 